Welcome to the Pursuit of Happiness podcast. Becky, hello. Hello, Adam. How are you? I'm good, thank you. Are you? Yeah, I'm really good, thank you. Uh, thank you for being on the podcast. No, it's my pleasure. Thank you for asking me. <laughs> um, just for a bit of context for the for the listeners, um, in a really long-winded roundabout way, me and Becky are related. <laughs> yeah, in a very long-winded roundabout way. <laughs> um, so if if the listeners have been regular listeners, you'll remember from episode three, we, we, we spoke to uh, one of my mum's cousins, Paul. Now, Becky is Paul's daughter. So <laughs> having, having tried to work it out, I think we are cousins twice removed, I think. Yeah, I think so. That sounds about right. <laughs> so somewhere in in our ancestry, our families cross over somewhere. Yeah, uh, somewhere, somewhere along the lines. <laughs> <laughs> um, just as, just so the listeners kind of know where you are coming from, uh, Becky. I was just wondering if you could possibly give a bit of a introduction as to sort of who you are, really. Oh goodness. Okay. Um, so I'm my name's Becky. <laughs> I'm 26. Uh, I'm a chef living in Lincolnshire. Um, God, I don't know what to say about myself now. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean that's 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 me. That's what I do. Um, yeah. <laughs> Believe it or not, listeners, although she does have a bit of a southern accent, she is actually a Leeds lass. I am indeed. I mean, get me around my dad for half an hour and I do turn a little bit northern. <laughs> See, it's funny you should say that because obviously I was born and raised up in the northeast, um, in living in South Yorkshire at the minute, but a lot of people still think I've got quite a strong northeast accent. And when I when I go back up to the northeast, similar to what you've just said, I kind of quickly fall back into um the lingo, as it were. Yeah, do you know what it's? It is funny because, like, obviously, half my family's northern. Like, I've never lived up north in my life. But talking to family and my mates will take the Mickey out of me because when I'm talking about my dad, I always say me dad, and they're like, "You're not from up north, Beck. Stop it." <laughs> yeah, it's like it's like me. I I still call everybody pet, which is obviously <laughs> quite, uh, quite a northeast thing. But in in Sheffield, they call you dog. <laughs> So, yeah, yeah, that's the Sheffield thing. You like some people call you love, but in Sheffield they call you duck. <laughs> I think it's being raised by a northern father instilled it into me. Well, he's done a good job. Ah, I think it's a lifestyle more than a location thing. <laughs> <laughs> so you are episode number 23 of this happiness podcast. Wowza. <laughs> Um, and you are having looking at the list. You are among some good company, some really good company. I do feel rather special to be on this. I really do. You've, you, in all fairness, Becky, you've got a lot, a lot to live up to because episode one is Will Bailey, who was on Strictly Come Dancing a couple of years ago. Wow. Okay. Don't add any pressure onto the pressure I was already feeling. <laughs> well. The next level of pressure is um, episode 19 was with uh, a guy called Heading, who is the Icelandic chief happiness officer. Wow. 
I mean, putting putting dad into this mix was enough pressure for me, but with them two as well, I don't know if I can deal with it. <laughs> so the, the the next question I've got to ask. Um I think obviously knowing yourself and your dad, I think I kinda know the route. I think I know the route you might go down. Um, I don't know, I like to surprise people. <laughs> oh, okay. So as you, what does happiness mean to you? Yeah, do you know what? That it's it's such a huge question, you know. Like even having it in my head, it's it's very weighty, I think. I think it's such it's such a big thing to sort of think about. I mean, happiness to me, especially over like maybe the last sort of half a decade, it's 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 a big thing for me. It's huge. Happiness, I think in my life's ever evolving, especially over the last like five years. Yeah, I mean, I've learned lately, especially that it's something that is important. It's something I need to prioritize happiness. You know, it's especially my own personal happiness. Like I'm a bit of a people pleaser and I've always like wanted to make other people happy, but and I think as you, as you grow as a person, you learn that you do have to, it's something you have to be very responsible for. But, um, I think, oh, I'm sorry. No, 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 it's all right. <laughs> so I think, um, you know, like yourself, having having a parent that's from, from, from Leeds and almost having that, that Yorkshire sort of, um, grit or mentality instilled in us. I think Yorkshire happiness, let's call it, <laughs> is quite unique. It's quite unique. It is indeed, yeah. Happiness. Um, one of my, one of my um, overriding. Happiness memories because I am I'm, I'm a firm believer in obviously happiness being something that's you, that you look forward to, but I also think that happiness is quite a reflective thing. Yeah, hundred percent. Things that have happened in the past, and as I was sort of preparing for this particular podcast with you, um, an overwhelming memory came to mind um, of of when we were younger, and you must have been. What two at the time, two or three? God, tiny little dot with big brown curls, yeah. I can imagine. Yeah. <laughs> and obviously, you know, going back up to up to up to Leeds and the uh the little town of Pudsey, you know, coming to visit the family. Yeah. And it makes me laugh every time I think about it. You calling my grandma Auntie No No. Auntie No No, yeah, and that's stuck, that's stuck. For two decades now. So a little bit of context for the listeners. My grandma's called Nora. God love her. She, she's what she's one of my best. She wear a stick of Steve's. Becky, you all know that you know she doesn't take any any rubbish off anyone. She certainly does not. No. Um, again, which I think is part of that Yorkshire grit that that we all have. Um, but it's. It started off because you couldn't pronounce her name. You couldn't pronounce the name Nora when you were when you were young. <laughs> and 
it's the fact that you're still selling your Christmas cards and your birthday cards and your Easter cards to Auntie Nono. Yeah, and the ones I get off her are from Auntie Nono. <laughs> exactly. So it's, I think, um, things like that stick. Yeah, well, Joe, like even talking about that now, it, it it makes your heart swell, doesn't it? And things like that. That it it it's joyous, isn't it? Like so for, for for me, one of the I'm a firm believer in um sort of happy memories being linked to senses. Yeah. Do you know what? So whether it's I've... very weird you should say that actually, because I was I was with my old boss the other day and he'd just been doing some woodwork. It, like he was been creating a DIY bar and stuff for when restaurants can reopen. And the room smelled of like that woody kind of smell. Yeah, yeah, and I yeah. said to my boss, I was like, God, that reminds me of my dad when I was a kid. And I'd go into his shed where he'd been doing whatever he was doing at the time because dad was always doing something <laughs> and I was like that reminds me of my dad and that reminds me of happy times like being young <laughs> but for me it's the smell of lavender because I don't know if I, I think you might have been a bit too young to remember this but out of, in the front garden of my grandma's house they had a great big massive lavender bush that's no longer there all right <laughs> Actually, go go to visit them during the summer holidays and when lavender is in full bloom. So every time I smell lavender, it brings back sort of um, those childhood memories of getting into trouble with my grandma. And... <laughs> yeah, like I say, the smell of woodwork, and because Dad was a big lover of his greenhouse as well. If I smell fresh basil or woodwork, that instantly reminds me of being a kid and being around dad and that's such a happy thing for me do you do, do you find that when you reflect on obviously happy times when you were young do you think that happiness was easier when you were a child oh god definitely 100 percent. I, I remember like looking back at me as a kid like i, I remember being a very very happy child like always bouncing up like even speaking to relatives now like they always say like oh, you were such a happy kid like and I don't know I think I think when I got to sort of my late teens certainly like I remember focusing a lot on happiness and it was something that I really struggled with as I got a bit older like it was something that I've questioned a lot and found found it hard to find almost I think one of the the overwhelming themes that have come from previous podcasts is um, the older we get, the more uh, fleeting happiness becomes. And one sort of one thing that's been going through my head is recently is happiness. I don't think happiness is that one that one big thing. It's it's almost a series of moments. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I'd agree with that. Like I say, like you can like look back and like fond memories bring you happiness. And it's, I think for me, like I suppose, like I say, my late teen years, it was a bit like 
of a big question for me and it was like why can't I be happy what is happiness like and I think I suppose everyone kind of goes through that phase when you hit your late teens and stuff of like sort of finding out who they are maybe and I think I think that is that's a big thing finding out like what actually makes you happy and I think over the last few years that's been quite like a big thing for me as well like learning more about myself and who I am and what does actually make me happy. <laughs> um, so obviously we, we, we've talked a lot about there about sort of reflective happiness and I mentioned as well about happiness potentially being um, something that we look forward to in the future. Uh, what are your thoughts on kind of uh, not necessarily spontaneous happiness, but happiness that just happens and it isn't planned. I think that's that's quite a great thing, I suppose. If, if something makes you happy that you're not expecting, I suppose it's almost like it's, some, it's a learning thing, isn't it, I suppose? Like... I mean, yeah, I don't know. Spontaneous happiness. I mean, I suppose something I've found lately that I've started working at a care home at the moment. And that, well, I've I've started baking a lot. And that kind of surprised me as something that makes me really happy. And I find it quite, like, joyous. I don't know. Do you think happiness can be quite um, cleansing or quite cathartic. Yeah, definitely. Um, I do apologise for all these in-depth philosophical questions. No, it's not easy. It's like, <laughs> like silences. It's like, it's very thought-provoking stuff. Like, I, like I, was, I think with the latest, like, everything that's going on in the world with COVID and things like that, like, I found, like, like, taking advantage of your hours exercise every day. And for me, like, so my career is very, like, based indoors and during COVID while I've been locked down, having your hours exercise every day and getting out in nature, and I've made the most of that. And I found that's brought me a lot of, happiness and a lot of calm and it's something I didn't realise I enjoyed so much until I started doing that one thing that that I've noticed recently with myself is um, we've just moved house and we've kind of gone from uh, an area of Sheffield that was uh, quite built up um, buildings everywhere and we've kind of moved to the north of the city where, you know, you look out any window in the house and all you see is fields. Yeah. <laughs> and, and and I know sort of where your dad used to live in Spalding, it was a similar sort of... Yeah, definitely. Come out the front door and you can see for miles. <laughs> yeah. And I, I, I almost feel this, this openness, this space... I don't know if you call it happiness, but brings a level of contentment and calmness. Yeah, do you know what? Like, I think 
for me as well, like happiness and contentment, contentment is almost like the same thing for me sometimes because yeah. like just feeling that sort of like calm and ease and peace for me is also very like happy <laughs> and like I'd say being out in nature like I even I went and walked 16 miles around Rutland Water which is Lincolnshire way it's a big like reservoir I walked 16 miles out in the open space and it was just like a real calm and peacefulness and like you say contentment but I think that can almost be classified as happy because I don't know it's just very free and I find I think for me happiness you know a lot of people think is ha happiness is this achievement of something and this kind of um, tangible thing that you can you can pick up but I, I, I almost think, based on these podcasts that we've recorded so far, that happiness is the whole being, being momentarily free of the stresses and strains of life. Yeah, like, you know? I think it's almost like, I think learning to appreciate the little simple things can often bring you so much happiness. Like yeah. people, like like you say, like people almost tend to put happiness on a pedestal. Like happiness is this explosive, great thing. Whereas sometimes it's like, well, just take a step back, take a step back and appreciate the little things. Appreciate being, you know, snuggled up in your home. Appreciate seeing your best friend smile. Like little things can bring you happiness if you just kind of step back it's like i find that like because my my job is so very stressful and takes up a lot of my life and like i find that i'm constantly on the roller coaster of life you know trying to get somewhere trying to achieve something but i make myself stop and step back and look at everything around me look at what i've got and just taking the little things and that i find that that brings me a lot of happiness I um I used to work in a in a care home with that, that was for people with Alzheimer's and dementia, and um, there was some wonderful people in the in, in the home, and the thing that brought me so much joy and happiness working with those guys was that. Every time you saw them, even if you saw them five minutes ago, the next time they saw you, they, they, it would it would be as if they've never seen you for like years, and they'd have the biggest grin on their faces. And yeah, do you know what? Like, I never expected to ever end up working in a care room. You know, like I've always been in restaurants, and it's a very, I mean. If you want to be a chef in a restaurant, you've got to love what you do. And it's hard work, it's stressful, yeah, yeah. unsociable hours. But I love it. Obviously, with all the COVID situation, my industry's kind of died a little bit. And I found myself in a bit of a tricky situation. But luckily, I found this job at a care home, like working in the kitchen there. And do you know what I mean? when I first started there, they take you for a little walk around the home. You get to meet some of the residents. And I actually thought about all my northern family because there's this little old lady called Bella in there. And she's part of the assisted sort of side of the care home. And she is 
a lovely little old lady and I walked over to her and said hello and she said to me she was like you're all right ducky and she had a really strong northern accent and I was like oh, I love her already she's my favorite <laughs> and we've got a little window into the kitchen that the assisted side of the home can look into and there's there's two little old ladies that often sit there but Bella's always there and she always waves at me and she's got a big old smile and I think that's like I found like like I say chefing can be quite a brutal industry to be in but this has been very rewarding for me like it's 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 lovely <laughs> see I think um I think for me just being around the older generations and hearing their stories can can bring so much happiness as well because maybe not happiness but an appreciation of what we've got yeah definitely like I found like talking to people of that generation especially it can be quite like quite inspiring in a way because like the things that like especially some of them that generation went through it's like we don't realize how how lucky we are like how the world works nowadays the technologies we have like how comfortable our lives actually are and we don't tend to appreciate it now we're very blase about it i know like the the sort of again we're going back to sort of reflective happiness um obviously when i would go visit my grandma um i don't know if your dad did the same thing with you but we always had to do the rounds of going to see uh auntie john and uncle albert and then ivy and albert and god bless them you know, and going to see Auntie Mary and Auntie Brenda and all that, we yeah. have to do it. Because, because, you know, that's what my grandma said. But just, just being around that generation was just um, awe-inspiring. Yeah, definitely. Because, like you said, you know, it, it, it kind of puts into context the the level of happiness that we that we have. You know, me 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 my grandma was one of the youngest of that generation and you know they all went through the Second World War. You know, I can't even imagine living yeah, through Yeah, exactly. Like you you just can't comprehend it, can you? Like I mean obviously like you know dad's mum and dad unfortunately lost them at such a young age. But like even going yeah. to see my granddad on the southern side, like Welshman and he grew up in uh, poverty and like knowing about my granddad's history and what he went through and like coming out the back of a war and things like that and and my granddad is the most lovely person and I love him to pieces and he inspires me and so does my nan my nan's a very for a lady that grew up in her generation she is so inspiring and she is such a strong lady like and like you say it inspires you that these people have lived through so much and such an advancement in society like it's it's crazy <laughs> I mean I don't know obviously the experiences you had with um, the sort of lead side of the family but just the, the the laughs that we that that we had oh, with them, God. And, <laughs> you know, 
for example, going to see Auntie Ivy. You know, Auntie Ivy passed away in the big nineties, yeah. but she could, you know, if, if you had a go at her, she'd have a go at your back. One of the strongest, smallest women I think I've ever met in my life. <laughs> Unfortunately, like obviously, I was brought up a, a bit of a southerner, and we didn't get to spend as much time around a northern family as me and Dad would have loved to. But do you know, like me and Dad have had this conversation quite a few times, like and. Dad's always said, like, do you know what? I'd love for you to spend more time with that side of the family and it's such a shame. But I said to him, I was like, do you know what, Dad, though? The times that we were up north, I will treasure and remember because they were special. They weren't just every yeah. weekend, do you know? Like, the times that we were there, I'll always remember. And like you say, the laughs you had. And it, it's, I, I said to Dad, like, even though I've never lived up north, it felt like I was home. Yeah, I know exactly <laughs> what you mean. I know exactly what you mean. Um, just as a as a complete tangent here, um, I'm going to send you a photograph that okay. I found of, of of my grandma's generation. There's, so there's my grandma, my grandpa, uh, Brenda, Eddie, wow. Ivy, Albert, and so on. And your no. dad's in it. I think there's. <laughs> Yeah, your, your dad's in it, and so is our Jason oh, as well. Jason. God love him. And it, it, it must have been it was it was tough before I was born, and I'm thirty five. <laughs> so can you imagine how young your dad Jesus. looks? Like you would think it was a model for Boots moisturizer. <laughs> He's he looks that young. Oh, hang on. What, what, where, where's this coming? Is this being said? I've uh, me, me, me grandma's got the photograph. So next time I see her, I'll take a snap of it and send it to you, oh, just so you can like. That'd be ace. Yeah, that'd be wicked. Like, I, he got um. Dad sent me a photo the other week of him when he was just passing out of his police academy, and he looks so young. <laughs> Yeah, big old moustache. It was great to see. Yeah, definitely were. There's, there's nothing better than embarrassing your parents. Well, I mean, he's embarrassed me enough times, so I think <laughs> I think it's fair dues. <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> so the next question is the sort of final. And this is the final sort of question. And I'm, I'm, I'm going to flip this question. I'm okay. going to change it slightly. I normally ask people what advice they would give people about pursuing happiness. However, I'm going to flip it. Okay, so imagine that you're at, you're at work at the care home and you're sort of, you're bringing out the meals and stuff and old Bella calls you over and she goes, she says to you, Becky, I've got some advice about happiness for you. What sort of advice would you want to receive from Bella about happiness? Wow. Hey, that is a flip question. See, this is something, it's something I've thought about, obviously, with me, uh, with my grandpa no longer with us. I kind of think, well, what, what would he say to me? Yeah. And so, what would Bella say to you? I'd want her to tell me that 
I don't know, I want to tell me to appreciate things, I suppose, appreciate the little things in life and and do what makes me happy and not worry so much and say no to work and a little bit more. <laughs> and and yeah, appreciate life for what it is because it's very short and you live life for yourself and nobody else. So do what makes you happy, I think, is what she would maybe say to me. Okay. I like that. Do what makes you happy. Yeah. I think that's important. I think it's very important. So we're just going to finish off. I'm going I'm gonna, I'm gonna to go okay. first uh, to give you a bit of time to think about. But I want to finish on a story of, of happiness. So I, I volunteer for a, a charity that takes people with disabilities on holiday uh, to the south of France. Obviously, we've not been able to do it for the last couple of years because of coronavirus. But um, a few years ago, I think it must have been 2014 it was, I went out um, with a group. And there's an old chappy, an old guy that I was I was looking after. And um, he came out with his sister-in-law. And across the week, we got to know him really well. And it turned out he was a Latin teacher when they used to teach Latin in schools. And he was teaching me all these, all these different words in Latin. And then for some unknown reason, he just got really sentimental all of a sudden. And he started telling me about how he how he met his wife. So the story was that he was in the army, and um, I think he'd met his his wife um, at, a, at a, one of these uh, dances that they used to have. And he really wanted to ask her out on a date, but this was the generation where you didn't just say, oh, the fans are going out with me. So he, he wrote a letter to her dad and had posted it through the letterbox asking for his permission to ask her out <laughs> on a date. Which, you know, I'm, I'm an old man at heart. And for, to, to me, yeah, I'm really a bit romantic. of a... For, for someone that's in their mid-20s, I am... A bit of a hopeless romantic, and that for me is like tugging on them strings. <laughs> and, and I can imagine, I can imagine him doing that just because he was such a nice gentleman. And there was another year we took a, a chappy out with with um, Alzheimer's, and. Um, where we were staying was a little bit away from the town. So obviously we had a coach and um, we, myself, the guy I was looking after and his brother-in-law, who was one of his other carers, were sat at a local cafe having a, having a, having a drink, waiting for the bus back up to where we were staying. And myself and the, the other carer, Brian, um, I don't know how, but we got managed... We managed to get on talking about how 
as a society, we, we label people, so male, female, young, all whatever. And um, we, we, we weren't aware that the guy that we were looking after was paying too much attention because he was just looking around and seeing what was happening. And he leans over to me and nudges me. He goes, broad scouser, broad Liverpool accent. And he, he goes to me, son, you know on job application forms? I was like, yeah, yeah. He goes, do you know where it says sex as in gender? I was like, yeah. He goes, do you know what I put? I don't know what you put. He goes, can't get enough. And just start back and start picking his coffee again. So there's this guy in mid-60s with Alzheimer's, right, watching the world go by, drinking a black coffee, coming out with, with something like that. And it's just like, you know, your response that I have every time I think about that story is just that, 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 that quick, yeah. quick mind. So I was just wondering if you if you had any any stories like that that you think of uh, that bring a smile to your face and sort of make your your heart swell like well, you mentioned I mean, earlier. Yeah, I don't know. Like it's that's a hard one to like sort of pick a memory out of anywhere. Uh, I tell you, like I, it's not similar to yours, but if there's there's one moment that. I can look back on and uh, makes my heart swell is so my dad moved to Ireland as you know about god it must be coming on to five years now and yeah I'd it's literally just ago. moved out of the family home and not long after I'd moved out he moved to Ireland and obviously I've got a really busy life busy schedule and it had been a very long time since we'd seen each other. Obviously, we kept in touch over Messenger and FaceTime, but it's not the same. And it had been a really long time since I'd seen Dad, probably going on maybe like eight months. So, obviously, the longest time I've probably not seen my dad ever. And um, me and Sinead, his, his um, partner, got together and hatched a plan. Um, Oh, yes. Oh. And you know what Dad's like, obviously, being in the police for a long time. Dad's, dad's pretty on the ball. He he is indeed. I didn't get away with much as a kid. I mean, I tried to, but I got in a lot of bother. But, um, so me and Sinead hatched a plan. And I managed to get myself some time off. And we planned to surprise him for his birthday. And... Um, got everything booked, got all the plans and we pulled it off and this video comes up on my memories on my Facebook all the time um, yeah, so got all the way to Ireland and the only flight I could get that day as well landed me at about I think it landed me at about 9 o'clock in the evening and by the because we wanted to sort of surprise him I then had to get a coach from Dublin and then a taxi from where the bus dropped me off in Carlo to their house. So by the time I arrived, it was about 11 o'clock at night. And I'd already texted Dad saying, that I texted him that day saying, I'm sorry I can't be there for your birthday, you know, but I will see you very soon. And left it at that. And then turns up at his door at half 11 at night. And he swore at me. Asked me what I was doing there. 
And I've oh, never seen my dad so gobsmacked in my life, but so overjoyed to see me at the same time. And like, yeah, it's it it, it was it was wonderful. I'd not seen him in a really long time, and we had a few sherbets together, and it was it, that was a wonderful time. <laughs> See, yeah, I, you know, I've, I've seen that video and I've seen that memory pop up several times on Facebook, and I can I can understand how that is. Yeah, I, I think memory. it was the first time I've ever seen my dad lost for words. He had to sit down for a good half an hour and collect himself because I've never got one over on him before. <laughs> Just as a bit of bit of context for the listeners. Paul Goddard is, once you get him talking about something, he he will continue to talk. So for him to be um, speechless is, um, well, I've never seen it happen, personally. (laughs) I mean, if we put it politely, basically, I I knock on his door and he goes, what the hell are you doing here? (laughs) That's it. That's all he said. (laughs) Well, I am glad that you paraphrased yes, that yeah, and changed well, a couple of words. <laughs> For those of sensitive yeah. ears. <laughs> well, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll let the listeners come up with views about what you said. Um, Becky, it's been yeah, an absolute been pleasure speaking to speak with you. To you too, and thank you for having me. Oh, I, I, I kind of feel this podcast is my way of getting back in touch with... Oh, yeah, Joy, it has been well. years, and I was... I felt very special to be asked, and it has really, honestly, been a delight talking to you, especially over something such a meaningful issue. Yes, I will. Um, I will Please pass on do. your love to Auntie No No. Thank you, Becky. Adam. It's been a pleasure. Thank you very much for your time. Speak to you soon. Bye bye. Speak to you soon. Thanks for listening to the Pursuit of Happiness podcast. Come back next time for more conversation about happiness.